Take your Bibles and turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10. I want to talk to you today about the opportunity that we have to sow to the Spirit. And the opportunity that we have to reap from the Spirit. Now this is an incredible, you can get in today on the ground level of this. All right? This is like a new stock that's coming out. And you can get on the ground level. The opportunity that we have to sow to the Spirit. Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 says this. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Now last week, that's what we talked about. And we talked about it again on Wednesday night. You're absolutely right. Last Sunday... We talked about how when you and I sow to please the sinful nature, from that nature we reap destruction. How there's no way, as many times as you have tried it and as I have tried it, every time I sow to my flesh, it eventually turns around and causes me pain and sorrow and grief. It steals away my joy. It steals away my peace. It robs me of my confidence. I lose direction and I lose focus when I sow to the flesh. Ultimately, it leads to destruction. It doesn't necessarily mean that the moment I sow to the flesh, that heavens are going to break open, lightning is going to come down and strike me. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that God is automatically going to expose me or expose you for your sins. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is that it begins this deterioration process. That the natural consequences of sowing to the flesh begin to be released in my life. And it ultimately, once again, leads to pain and sorrow and grief. So last week, we talked to you about the importance of trying to avoid sowing to the flesh. We said, hey, if it's at all possible, if there's any way possible that you can reduce the amount of seed that you give to the flesh... Let's do that. Now, this week, we're going to pick back up where we left. It says, the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Father God, I pray that you would add a blessing to the reading of your word. I pray that you would speak to us what you would have us to hear. I pray that anything that's of me, Lord, let it just fall to the ground. But your word that's eternal and everlasting, Lord, may that find a good place within our hearts. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we know this. We know that whenever we sow to our sinful nature, we are going to reap corruption. But today we are going to focus upon that second part, that when I sow to please the Spirit, from the Spirit, I'm going to reap something. From the Spirit, I'm going to reap eternal life. Verse 7 says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever you sow is what you're going to reap. Have you ever thought of this truth? That every day, all day long, you are sowing into one of two categories. You are either sowing to the spirit or you are sowing to your flesh. 
All day long, continually, you have choices of where you're going to sow seed. Is it going to be to please your flesh and your sinful nature? Or is it going to please the Spirit of God? All day long, we're making those choices. And my actions are a seed that is sown either to the Spirit or to the flesh. My thoughts are a seed that is sown either to the Spirit or the flesh. My words are a seed that is sown either to the Spirit or to the flesh. My attitude, listen to that one. My attitude is a seed that's sown either to the spirit or the flesh. It's either going to produce life in me or it's going to produce death. So all day long, I have that choice. While it's true, once again, I want to reiterate this. While it's true that when I sow to please the sinful nature, from that nature, I'm going to reap destruction. I'm going to reap a life that is deteriorating. It is also true, it is also true, the truth cannot be escaped, that when I sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit I'm going to reap eternal life. I don't know about you, I'm getting a little bit excited about this. Because for all of my life I've known that when I sow to the sinful nature, it's going to cause me pain and grief and sorrow, and sometimes I continue to do that. Sometimes I have the wrong attitude. Sometimes I have the wrong spirit. Sometimes I have the wrong thoughts going the wrong way. And it's just like, man, don't, don't even go there. Have you ever had that? The attitudes, you almost have to talk to yourself and say, don't even go there. Don't go there. Because once you start going there, it's going to take you someplace you don't want to be. It's going to take you, you know, down the wrong road. When I sow to the spirit, I have the assurance that I am going to reap from the spirit. So the first thing is you have an opportunity to sow. I want to read this to you from the, from the Message Bible. It's a paraphrase. And it says this, don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvests a crop of weeds. All who have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants in response to God, letting God's spirit do the work in him, harvests a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we'll reap a harvest, a good crop, if we don't give up or quit. I did a word study on this everlasting life. What does that mean when it talks about everlasting life? Because that's what I'm going to get when I sow to the Spirit. Eternal life. It's a never-ending state of vitality. The absolute fullness of life. Life that is real and genuine. A life that's active and vigorous. Devoted to God. Blessed. It's blessed in this world, but it goes even further than that. And there's even a greater blessing in the life that's to come. The blessings that come from sowing to the Spirit are for this life, but they continue on in the life to come forever and ever and ever and ever. When you think about that word vitality, I can't help but think of the infomercial with Jack LaLanne and his juicer. Do you know what I'm talking about? The dude's like 160 years old. 
And wife's like 152. And they're in their, their muscle shirts and, and he's doing push-ups and all this stuff. And you're just like, wow. I wish I was in that good a shape any time in my life. Not just when I'm 160. But Jack Lane, when you see that guy, he is the picture of health and fitness. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like you see him, you're like, wow, look at that guy. In our lives, when we sow to the spirit, it's going to produce a life of vitality. It's going to produce a life that's genuine, that's real. It's going to produce these blessings that aren't just for here and don't just stop in six months, but that go on throughout all of eternity. What are some ways, I want you to think of this, what are some ways that we sow to the Spirit? And don't, you don't have to say anything, just sit quietly for a second and think about that. Now, let me ask you this. What are some ways that we sow to the flesh? Now, for the average church person, we can name off about 20 ways that we sow to the flesh. You, you know what I mean? We're real good at, at recognizing our faults. Probably nobody knows our faults better than what we do. Particularly Christians who are a part of a good Bible-believing church who want to serve God. Somehow we've come to this place where we don't want to look at the faults of others, but we'll very quickly pick out our own faults and kind of focus on them. If I ask you, where'd you mess up this week? Probably most of you could, you could give me a list. Well, I, I needed to pray more, Pastor. I needed to do this more, and I needed to do that. And, and you know, I, I should have done a little more of this. And, and, you know, I messed up when I said this, and I had the wrong attitude here. And if I ask you, where did you do well? Sometimes it's hard for us to recognize those places where we truly are sowing to the Spirit. I want to begin with this. I want to tell you, today when you go home, you take off your church clothes, get in your shorts and your t-shirt, and you lay down on the couch, and you prop up the recliner. Gentlemen, as you cross your arms and you begin to fall into just a, a good sleep. The other day, that we were reading the Bible. We, the kids and I were reading the Bible together, Lori. And uh, the kids were reading. And I was sitting there, I sat back in the chair. And they said, Dad, wake up. I said, I'm not asleep, I'm listening. They said, you've been snoring. I said, no, I wasn't. I was just breathing hard. This week, gentlemen, when you go home and you sit down in that recliner and you lay back and you just kind of cross your arms, Take a deep breath after you've eaten lunch and you just kind of like, ah, doze off. Do you realize this? That you're, you can be sowing to the Spirit? What? The Bible says to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. The Bible says this. Listen to me. The Bible says that the Lord worked on six days. On the seventh day, he rested. So when we follow that biblical pattern of you sleeping on the couch, I want you to tell that your wife is, baby, I'm just seeking the Lord right now. I'm just sowing to the Spirit. That's what you're doing. I'm sowing to the Spirit. Why? Because here's the principle. When you don't follow God's word and don't follow his command, his command says that I'm supposed to work hard, to be diligent, and then it says I'm supposed to take a day and I'm supposed to rest. It's God's principle. When you go against that, you begin to reap things from the flesh when you disobey his command. What happens? You become annoyed and aggravated very easily. It affects your body physically. Just simply by going home and taking a nap. Some of you are saying, hey, I kind of like this message. I was thinking of some other things. You realize this? Whenever 
a man takes time to talk to his wife and listen to her, he's actually sowing to the Spirit. And from the Spirit, he's going to reap life eternal. What? By sitting down and listening to my wife? Well, let me tell you, if you don't, the, the Word of God says that we're to live with our wives in an understanding manner and that we're to love them like Christ loves the church. So by you sitting down and listening to your wife, what are you doing? You're following God's commands. You're loving your wife like Christ loves the church. By doing so, you are sowing to the Spirit. Now let me tell you this. If you don't listen to your wife, and if you don't spend time with her, now don't don't even let me go there. If you don't listen to her, if you don't take time with her, what are we doing? The reality of it is, is there's times that we're sowing to the flesh by neglecting our family. How about this? How about parents with their kids? Do you realize that when you take the time just to have fun with your kids, do things, throw the ball outside, go to their programs, sit on their bed and talk to them at night, do you realize that you're sowing to the Spirit? Because listen to me, what is that going to do? You're loving them. You're investing in their lives. You're showing them an example of what Christ's patience and kindness is. By doing that, you are actually sowing to the Spirit. Let me tell you this. Don't do it and see what you'll reap. But do it and see the harvest that it produces. The peace, the joy, the relationship that it produces in the home. Look at what it produces in your child's life. Some of you parents who can look back, you'd say, boy, I wish I had some more time that I could have sat down and thrown the ball before they grew up so fast. I wish I had more time where we could have turned off the TV and wrestled on the floor because those are the times that you were able to share life with them. A lot of these things, we don't think of these as sowing to the Spirit. Do you realize that every time I speak the truth, I'm sowing to the Spirit? Because the reality of it is that if I lie, I'm sowing to the flesh. So obviously, the opposite of that would be true. That if I speak the truth, I'm sowing to the Spirit. I'm putting out some more seed. I'm investing some more in the kingdom of God. Now, uh, there's a lot of us who would think of this, that when I worship, I'm sowing to the Spirit. That's true. When I read God's word, I'm sowing to the Spirit. Oh, I I just thought if I didn't read it, I was just like a kind of a, a disappointing Christian. When you read the word, you're actually sowing to the Spirit. Every time that I use my talents for the Lord, I'm sowing to the Spirit. When you give and help a neighbor, you're sowing to the Spirit. My mom said to me a number of years ago, whenever we moved, she said, she, she was amazed at how many people helped us. And there was a lot of people who helped us. Um, you know, we've moved, we have, last time we built our house, we had to move twice. Mom said, wow, your people love you. So many people help. I said, yeah, mom. But I said, you, do you, I'm going to ask you this, mom. Do you realize how many people I've moved? Do you have any idea how many people I've moved? Some of you may be shaking your head because I may have moved you. There is a benefit of having a rather large pastor whose back is still okay. Well, I'm not saying that arrogantly. I'm not saying that with anything like that. But there's a biblical principle that whatever you sow is going to come back to you. If you're kind to people, what I find is that kind people have kindness coming back to them. Kind people, encouraging people, kind of attract people around them who are encouraging. Negative people, people who criticize, people who are always tearing down someone else, usually reap that back. And so whenever we do acts of kindness, we're sowing to the Spirit. 
When I forgive those people who have hurt me, what am I doing? I'm sowing to the Spirit. When I obey God's commands, what am I doing? I'm sowing to the Spirit. When we resist temptation, what are we doing? We're sowing to the Spirit. When we serve others, we're sowing to the Spirit. Now, I want to say this to you. Church people who know God expect to reap a harvest when they sow to the flesh. Don't you? Whenever you've acted like the, like the fool, whenever you've gone off and done something you know you shouldn't have, you expect to reap a harvest for that. How about if the church, if we would start to expect to reap a harvest for all of these things that we've been sowing to the Spirit for years. The reality of it is this. Whenever you go to church, some of you are here every time the doors are open. You know what you're doing? You're sowing to the Spirit. No, pastor, I'm just going to church. No, you're not. You're sowing to the Spirit, and it's going to produce a harvest within you. So the second thing is expect a harvest from the Spirit. Expect God to honor his word, because God said, whatsoever a man sows, so shall he also reap. What do you want back in your life, my friend? I've always tried to sow mercy. You know why? Because I'm going to need a lot of it. Always tried to do that. Always tried to sow things like loyalty. Why? Because that's something I want back. Kindness, gentleness. Why? Because those are things that we want to receive back in our lives. Do not sow anything. Don't sow anything that you don't want coming back to you, brothers and sisters. Do not sow. If if you don't want it coming back, please don't sow it. Because God's word tells us that we are to expect a harvest. Someone asked me this recently. Is it right to expect to reap back good things? When we sow to the Spirit or do the right thing, shouldn't it be enough just knowing that what we did was what God asked us to do? And shouldn't that be a reward in itself? When I grew up, my dad always kind of had this mentality. My sister could tell you this. Dad, he didn't want to tell you when you did good because his thought was, if I tell you when you do good... Maybe you'll back off and won't try so hard. He didn't realize that when you tell somebody when they're doing good, there's a mentality. There's some people who you don't tell them that they're doing good. And so they begin to lose heart and they begin to get tired and they get get weary. And you know all the things that you did that are wrong. So why am I trying hard to to do these right things? But oftentimes that word of encouragement, whenever someone's a slap on the back, it says, man, you did a great job. I'm so proud of you. What does that do? That serves as a motivator for us to keep doing the right thing. Okay? And so you and I need that. We need, we, and we got to go back to God's word here to what it says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will reap what he sows. God says this. So when you sow to the Spirit, from the Spirit, you're going to reap life. When you sow obedience, you're going to reap back. When I sow, I was thinking about some of the things that we sow. When I sow worship and praise, what do I reap back? I reap back His presence. Oh. Whenever I sow forgiveness, I reap back forgiveness 
and a big dose of peace to go alongside of it. Have you experienced that? Here's someone who offended you or hurt you. You hold on to that bitterness and anger. And then all of a sudden you decide to forgive them. And when you forgive them, God's able to forgive you. And in turn, in turn, you get an extra dose of peace. You're like, wow, where did that peace come from? When I sow kindness, I reap back kindness and an additional helping of joy. Think about it. Think about when you serve somebody else or help someone else. What do you get back? In your heart, there's a sense of joy, a sense of fulfillment because you've served someone else. And you are storing up for yourself. There's a day down the road whenever you're going to need a payback. You're not going to get it necessarily from that person. See, there's a lot of things that we do for people. If we keep records of who we help this person, and, and, I, and but they never help me back, that, we can't do that. What I found is that whenever I sow seeds of kindness or love, a lot of times the people who you sow the seeds into maybe never give anything back to you. But God has a way. Some of you have helped people. And those people who you've helped, they never did anything back for you. But God has a way of helping you or providing for you in your time of need. And he doesn't necessarily bring it from that person who you helped. Okay? The reality of it is is that, that God doesn't want us to give in that way, expecting something back from them. But I can expect something, and I should expect something from God. Because he told me to. He told me not to lose heart because I'll reap a harvest if I faint not. Now, look around the room. People around you, there's people around you who've been sowing to the Spirit for years and years. I think of people who have just faithfully attended church. That's what they've done. They've been in church Sunday morning, Sunday school, Wednesday night. What do they reap? They reap maturity. They reap spiritual stability. I want you to look around and look at the people who are faithful to God's house. What do they reap? They reap maturity, spiritual stability. They reap strength. People around you who sow obedience in the little things. You know, when you sow obedience in the little things, you reap a life of integrity. The little things. It's not a big deal. But you sow obedience in the little things. You reap a life of integrity. You reap a life of influence. When you've been faithful in the little things, when you've obeyed God's commands in the little things, you reap a life of influence. You reap anointing. You reap favor. You reap authority in your life simply by doing the small things right. Isn't it incredible? Just by doing the things that I'm supposed to do, God exalts us. Just by speaking the truth. What does it do? It causes other people to be able to trust us and believe us. It causes them that whenever we speak, they begin to listen. Why? Because they know that we are people of integrity. So by simply sowing those things, I could go around here and look at people and tell you some of the things that they've sown. It's pretty cool whenever we do that. And we see the faithfulness that this person has sown. Or another person who's sown, you know, they've been faithful to God in intercession and prayer. And we can look and see the answered prayers. I mean, it's just incredible whenever you see the blessings and the strength and the stability that comes. Now, I want you to do this. I'd like you to look to the person next to you. Say, if you think I'm blessed here. If you think I'm blessed here, tell them that. 
You should see what God has for me in eternity. If you think, I want you to know this. If you think I'm blessed here, you should see what God has for me in eternity. You should see. The word says that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men. The things that God has prepared for those who love us. Now listen to this. The vast majority of what you and I have been sowing has not been revealed yet in this life. It's like, it's kind of like this. It's like the CEO of a large company who takes a deferred compensation package. Or he, a part of his thing is he says to them, well, just give me these stock options. You only have to pay me a million this year. Give me the stock options for the future. Well, he only, oh, that poor guy. He only made a million dollars. But those stock options are in worth incredible amounts of money. Or that deferred compensation. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like whenever they take the money out of your salary and they withhold a certain percentage for your retirement. And on a day-to-day basis, things are kind of tight maybe and doesn't seem like you're really getting ahead. But then one day, you know, you start looking, you start, as a young person, you, you know, you start saving and you start looking at that retirement and after a while you're like... Wow, I, honey, I think we might be able to retire when I'm 76. You might be able to give up your part-time job whenever you're like 80. I think we're going to be able to do it, hon. No, the reality of it is this. It's one of those things that much of what we're doing and much of what we're sowing to the Spirit, I promise you there's blessings in this life, but you haven't seen nothing yet. We have not seen anything yet for what God is preparing for us for eternity. Now, 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 think about that for a moment. You and I should expect a harvest from the Spirit. Paul told the Galatians, guys, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't get tired. I know you're putting away. It's like the person who's building their business and they're sacrificing now and they're giving up now. Maybe a parent or someone else says, don't, get, don't quit now. You're almost there. Don't give up. Eventually, there's going to be a harvest if you don't faint. The hard thing is for a lot of people is in the midst of it, there's sacrifices that you're making and you question, Lord, is it really paying off? God, I want to be obedient to you. I want to honor you. But sometimes when I forgive people, they just hurt me again. And sometimes when I give, it feels like there's not a whole lot coming back. And sometimes when I resist temptation, those temptations just become stronger. God, I need you to help me. The word promises us. Paul told the Galatians, he said, don't grow weary. Don't give up. Don't quit. Because you're going to reap a harvest if you do not faint. The third point I want us to remind you of is, it's, friend, keep on sowing. Keep on sowing. Look at the person next to you and say, keep on sowing. You know, there's times whenever, if all you look at, if all you look at is this small window of this moment in time, you're going to quit sowing to the Spirit. Do you hear me? If that's all you look at, if you will take, if all you're going to do is take snapshots of this day, 
If I took snapshots of this day or yesterday or the day before and I said, I'm going to base my decision to sow to the Spirit based upon what's happening in this particular moment, I'd have quit many times. I'd have quit a long time ago. Because there's moments and times that I'm putting out a whole lot more than what we're getting back. Is it true? There's moments and times when it will be so much easier just to give in to your flesh and do whatever you want or satisfy yourself. We cannot look at just a particular moment in time or a particular season and base our decisions upon that. Remember I told you this principle that we make decisions once in our life. Life is a whole lot less complicated if I make decisions once and stick to it. I share with you, I have a friend whose wife gets up at like 4.30 in the morning and she runs every day. And you're like, are you completely insane? And he said to her, do you... Honey, don't you ever just want to sleep in? And she said, I don't, you know, don't you ever just want to not run that day? And she says, I I don't make that decision at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning when it's raining. I don't make that decision then. I make that decision, I made that decision once. That for the rest of my life, I'm going to live a healthy lifestyle. And I'm going to run. So I don't revisit that question again. And the same principle is true for you and I. That there's decisions that we need to make for ourselves once. That God, I'm going going to sow to the Spirit. I'm going to sow the Spirit. I'm going to continually sow to the Spirit. I'm going to look for as many opportunities as I can to invest in eternal things. Invest my life, my time, my goals, my direction, my life in things that are going to last. We make that decision once. We don't base it upon how I'm doing this week or how people treated me this week or how I feel because that changes from moment to moment. But God's word is eternal. It never changes. You can base your life upon it. You can build your house upon it and it's going to stand. The scripture goes on. If we're going to feel bad about the times that we've sown to the flesh, can I encourage you to allow yourself the joy of expecting God to honor his word and to produce eternal life within you, that you will reap from the Spirit. I'm not talking about a sinful pride that causes us to look down on others or to rest upon our laurels, but a sense of purpose and success that motivates us to keep sowing. I doubt if Ernie would want to keep planting corn in his field if he never had a chance to harvest it's amazing where God gives us seasons, times of sowings, times of planting, times of watering, and times of reaping in our lives. As a church and as God's family, can I encourage you to enjoy the times in which God brings about a harvest in your life? Galatians 6, 3 says, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to anybody else. We talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night. Obviously, pride, there's a wrong kind of pride. There's a sense of when we walk into the room, we look at other people and we pass judgment upon them. And we say, well, I'm not as good as them because they have a better education. Or I can't play this particular sport as good as they can. Or the lady may say, well, she's thinner than me. Or I look better than her. Or my shoes are nicer or whatever crazy thought. 
That's not the kind of attitude that God wants us to have. Not where we go into a room or into a place and we say that I'm better than someone else. I'm more spiritual than them. But we can have this sense of whenever at the end of the day that we can expect, not in an arrogant way. God, I've made a commitment that I'm going to do everything I can to raise my family to follow you. Part of that is going to be that I'm going to be faithful to God's house. I'm going to be faithful to God's house. I cannot base my salvation upon going to church. But that's sowing to the Spirit. And I can make a commitment that I'm going to be faithful to do that. Maybe yours is being faithful to spend time in the Word. Whatever area that you're sowing to the Spirit, I believe that there's a place along the way where God wants us to say, you know what? I'm expecting a harvest back. Because I've been faithful to God's word, be faithful to his house, I'm expecting God to produce spiritual strength and stability in me. I'm expecting not to be shaken by every wind of doctrine. I'm expecting God to strengthen me. I'm expecting that because of my faithfulness, that God's going to give me favor, that his anointing is going to come upon me. That he will give me influence with other people. Why? Because I faithfully sown to the Spirit. In your life, I just want to encourage you. Look at the places where you've been sowing to the Spirit. Expect God to honor his word to you. Because whenever we see that, what happens is whenever we've been faithful and we see God honoring his word and we recognize that, for me that motivates me to be even more faithful. That motivates me. When you're starting to get a return on your investment, don't you want to invest more there? When it's starting to produce life within you and it's not producing death. Uh, a couple quick things. I, I think back of how, as a, when I first started in ministry, my pastor, I was extremely loyal to him. I was, that was my role. There's several reasons why I do that. First of all, because people of integrity are loyal. Unless he's morally wrong or doing something wrong. People of integrity have loyalty. I wanted to develop those things in my life. But the crazy thing is, the the neat thing is, as I was loyal to him, I also realized this. That there would be a day down the road where I'd need people to be loyal to me. That's kind of cool. Whenever you sow those things, you get to reap them back. When I sow encouragement into the life of somebody else, you know what I'm going to reap back? In the time that I need it. That person may not come, but God, because he's the one, the spirit is the one who produces it within us. He's the one who pays back, who we reap back from. When I sow encouragement to somebody else, God is going to send someone along who will encourage me in my time of need. So whatever it is, friend, that you have need of, I want to encourage you. And here's what the word says in this last portion of scripture. It says, therefore... As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. As we close, I just want to say this to you. You need to expect a harvest. I've sown to the flesh at times, and I've reaped the pain and the sorrow of that. You've sown to the flesh. You know you can't escape it. It's a law, sowing and reaping. You can't escape it. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. But the cool thing is, can't escape it. When you've sown to the Spirit, you can't escape from reaping from the Spirit. 
You can't escape it. Even if you wanted to escape it, you can't escape it when you've sown to the spirit from the spirit, you're going to reap life. Oh, I'm getting excited about that. From, from the spirit, you're going to get life. Those things that you've sown to the spirit, they're going to produce life. And the crazy thing is there comes a certain place. It's almost like investing. There comes a certain place where the return on the harvest is more than what you're investing. The return is more than what you're putting in. And that's the place I want to come to where I want to live in. I want to live in a place because, see, many of you have sown to the, many of you know this principle, when you've sown to the flesh, even after you came to know Christ, there were things that you reaped back. There were consequences. There were pain. There were things that you reaped back because you sowed it. And just because you accepted Jesus does not mean that it all stopped there. Those natural consequences. Well, there comes a place when we've been sowing to the Spirit. There comes a place where, almost like an investment, that you've been sowing to the Spirit for so long, that it just, it's almost like it just continues. You're getting back more than what you put in. You're getting back more than what you've sown. And you're standing back there and you're saying, God, why are you blessing me? Why do I have this strength in my life? Why do I have this peace? I really don't deserve it. Why are people kind to me? Why are people so gracious to me? Why do people trust me? I don't know why, God. Why is it? And it's because you've sown to the Spirit. The anointing of the Spirit will come upon you. Favor will come upon you. You know, the Word says that there's people who are going to reap where they haven't planted. That's one of the promises. But there's also that promise that wherever we have sown, that's what we're going to reap. As we close, I just want to encourage you. Expect, expect God, expect him to bring a harvest into your life. Expect him to have more and more. He's going to, he says he's going to produce from the spirit. You're going to reap eternal life. That's an abundant life, not only in this life, but in the life to come. As we conclude, Lord Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to look at your word. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. I pray for my friends who are tired They say, Pastor, I've been sowing. Maybe there's someone here who, in a sense, maybe there's someone here who they think they've been sowing to the Spirit, but they keep sowing to the flesh in there, and it's interrupting the things that you're wanting to do in the Spirit, Lord. I just pray that we'd have a, as the Scripture says, that we'd have a, that we need to look at ourselves honestly. Then as we take that time to look at ourselves honestly, and that's what we want to do just for a moment, Lord. We want to look at ourselves honestly.